Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond the Basket. I am your host, Brandon Muting, and this podcast is officially back weekly. Every single week, I am looking to post on Monday, and there might be a couple of times where I post on Tuesday. I will always keep you updated on my social media page on Twitter. So if you haven't followed me at Twitter, it is at Brandon Muting. Go ahead and give me a follow and get updates about the podcast Beyond the Basket. Now today for the returning episode, we are going to kick things off talking about Nebraska head coach Fred Hoiberg. There have been rumors swirling around on whether he will be fired or he will be kept for the program in the upcoming season for the Cornhuskers. Then following that, we are going to stay in the realm of the Big Ten, talking about Michigan head coach Juwan Howard and Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard and their altercation after their game. And then diving into some bracketology, we will talk about the bubble teams and their resume. Who will get in? Who will be left out for the NIT tournament? We will take a look at that. And then, of course, talking about the top seeds as of right now going into March. Welcome back to Beyond the Basket. Let's go ahead and kick off this episode of Beyond the Basket, talking about Nebraska head coach Fred Hoiberg. Now, three seasons ago, after the firing of Tim Miles, Nebraska brought in the mayor, Fred Hoiberg. However, Fred Hoiberg hasn't lived up to the expectations of some college basketball fans. After the first season, of course, had a bunch of transfers, transfers on his roster, The second season, things were starting to develop. In the third season, especially when they got someone like Bryce McGowans, everybody was ready for a new page in the Nebraska basketball program. However, that hasn't been the case. And some fans are starting to think Fred Hoiberg is not the guy for Nebraska. Here are some stats for you. In Fred Hoiberg's three seasons with the Cornhuskers, he has had only six Big Ten Conference wins and only 21 wins in general in his three seasons. Not a very good statistic for Fred Hoiberg, and not the expectation the fans were looking for. This is where my opinion comes in. Fred Hoiberg needs to stay with Nebraska. I know a lot of you might disagree, but there's a couple reasons. Number one, the buyout is way, way too large. We are taking a look for a buyout for about $3.5 million, which is a very large amount of money. His contract is through the 2026 through 2027 season, and we're looking to fire him in 2022. Fred Hoiberg is not worth that much to fire. Fred Hoiberg has only been with the Cornhuskers for three seasons. I'm going to compare him with the in-state rival, the Creighton Blue Jays. Greg McDermott's team has the same struggle that the Cornhuskers do right now. There is absolutely no chemistry on the team. However, the Blue Jays are a bubble right now. So how is Greg McDermott making it work, but not Fred Hoiberg? 
Well, here's the thing. Greg McDermott has been with the Creighton program for over a decade. Fred Hoiberg has only been with Nebraska for three seasons. You need to give Fred Hoiberg some time. And then I have seen some comments, well, we should have never fired Tim Miles. And to that point, I say, Tim Miles is a fantastic coach, but he also was not the guy for Nebraska. Fred Hoiberg brings recruiting to Nebraska. Tim Miles couldn't do that. Tim Miles certainly brought the chemistry, but he didn't bring in the high caliber players that Fred Hoiberg does. That is why Nebraska needs to keep Fred Hoiberg for at least another season. Now, say next season, the same story happens, then you know what? I might start agreeing with seeing the departure of Hoiberg. But as of right now, I don't think it's worth it. Give him a fourth season. See if there are signs of improvement. See who he brings in. See what chemistry is created with the players, not only the players, but with the coaching staff and himself. He did it in Iowa State. He did amazing in Iowa State before he went to the NBA. Got fired from the Chicago Bulls, comes to Nebraska. He deserves another season, in my opinion. And like I said, you guys have the right to disagree with this, and I love hearing your thoughts. And I do see where people are coming from saying he should be fired. But in my opinion, Fred Hoiberg needs an additional season before things are said and done. Now, we will have to wait, because the thing is, Yes, the Nebraska Cornhuskers have the Big Ten Tournament, but I'm sorry, but I do not see a miracle for the Cornhuskers. There is no way they win the Big Ten Tournament. There is no way. So we will have to see how the Nebraska Athletic Department reacts. Do they keep Fred Hoiberg for an additional season, or do they fire Hoiberg and try to bring a new leader in for the Cornhuskers? We will have to take a look. Now... When we come back, we will be taking a look at the altercation between Michigan head coach Juwan Howard and Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard. All right, now diving back into things, we're going to talk about the Michigan head coach Juwan Howard and his altercation with Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard. Now, we're going to dive into both of their press conferences to kind of see both sides as a story, but I'm going to give some details on what you saw maybe as a viewer on TV. So after the game, which Wisconsin beat Michigan, they were going through their handshake line, which is supposed to be a sign of sportsmanship between the players, staff, and coaches. But once Greg Gard and Juwan Howard, you know, were supposed to shake hands, that didn't necessarily happen. Instead, an altercation happened between them, and it appeared as Greg Gard kind of grabbed Juwan Howard by the arm. And Juwan Howard reacted with, some say, a smack, some say a hit, some say a pat to the head of Greg Gard. Let's listen in to what Juwan Howard had to say for that press conference after their altercation. You know, I, uh, I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest. But I thought it was, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being a large lead. Uh, and then I would have the timeout uh, be called for three seconds, four seconds ago. You know, I thought that that was, you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys. And so, that's, that's what happened. Well, as far as touching, I mean, obviously, it's obvious touching the handshake line. It must have been more than that. Oh, yeah, it was more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Touching, touching me unnecessary wasn't caused for that when we were talking. And at, at that point, you know, I thought that was, 
no time to protect myself. Here's what Greg Gard, the Wisconsin head coach, had to say after that same game in his press conference. Some of the players and was going down the line with everybody and they were all fine. And he came up to me and pulled his max max down and said, I'll remember that. And he started pointing at me and tapped me in the chest. And I said, hold on. Let me explain to you why I took the timeout. Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the 10 seconds reset. I wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation to have to break up press in four seconds, come and stiff and cold off the bench. I wouldn't do that for a regular group. I can take a timeout. That's... Um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started that he said, I'll remember that, I'll remember that. And I said, hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And he didn't want any part of that and um, kept moving on. So that's unfortunately, like I said, it's... So after that altercation, there was some disciplinary actions for both head coaches. Now, whether you agree with them or not, I don't know, but this is what was going on. Head coach Juwan Howard has been suspended for five games of the regular season. And if you guys didn't know, Michigan only has five games remaining. So that means Juwan Howard might be done for the year depending on, or I guess I take that back, there is the Big Ten tournament. Juwan Howard, I mean as is stated right now, should be coaching in the Big Ten tournament. However, he was also slapped with a fine of $40,000. And of course, a couple of the Michigan players took a part of this altercation, were also suspended, one game effective immediately. On the Wisconsin side, head coach Greg Gard was fined $10,000, and even a Wisconsin player was suspended. That is the penalties that were handed out after that altercation. Uh, Juwan Howard expressed why he was upset with Greg Gard. He called a timeout when Wisconsin had a pretty large lead against the Wolverines. But Greg Gard was also saying, this is a part of the game. I need to call a timeout because this is what puts my players in a better position. It looks like for the Wolverines right now, the expected replacement is associate head coach Phil Martelli. So we will have to see how the Wolverines do down the line. Meanwhile, the Wisconsin Badgers are expected to be in the March Madness tournament. Now, diving deep into some bracketology, I wanted to go over some bubble teams at the moment. Now, in this case, I wanted to compare Joe Lenardi's bracketology as he just posted a new bracket as of this morning. He has Miami, North Carolina, Creighton, and San Francisco. In his last four in, he has Michigan, Indiana, Memphis, and San Diego State. So far, I agree with all eight of those. However, they're seeded a little bit differently in mine, and there's actually a couple of them where I don't even think they're bubbles. I think they already have a spot in the tournament. In his first four out, he has SMU, BYU, Oklahoma, and Dayton. I have none of those four teams in my bracket. In the next four out, Florida, Kansas State, Oregon, and St. Bonaventure, I also don't even have in my bracket. So let's start off with Miami. I actually have Miami at a nine seed. Now, everyone's like, Miami at a nine seed. Usually when they're a bubble, they're sitting at a 12 or an 11 seed. Or they're in a play-in game for a 12 or an 11 seed. The reason why I have Miami so highly ranked is there are some teams seeded higher than them who I believe they shouldn't be. And my first example is going to be Murray State. Murray State right now 
is on a roll. But they also play in a weaker conference than Miami. Miami plays in the ACC. Granted, probably the weakest out of the Power 6 conferences this year. But Miami still has a stronger schedule than Murray State. Now, I'm not saying Murray State should be a bubble team right now. Because that is not the claim I want to make, nor am I trying to lead to. But I'm just saying, I think Miami should be a 9 seed. And if not a 10 seed, I, I think a 10 seed would be right for them too. But a 9 seed for Miami is perfect. And same thing, some people have Loyola Chicago over Miami. I don't think that's the case. Miami plays in a harder conference. The Ramblers are good. The Racers are good. But they don't play tough competition like the Hurricanes do. That's why I have Miami at a 9 seed. Now, I have, do have two of these teams at 11 seed. I have North Carolina as an 11 seed. And I have Michigan as an 11 seed, which I know I talked about earlier. They're fighting for the bubble. And these last five games for Michigan are crucial. And they have to do it without their head coach, Juwan Howard. North Carolina also facing the same fate here. Their last few games are crucial. And if they lose, if either team loses two out of the five games, I think they're out. They need to win at least four of those games to stay in. Four. And playing in conference, I think North Carolina has a better shot of staying in the conference than Michigan does. For two reasons. North Carolina playing in the ACC. The ACC, like I said, is the weakest Power Six conference this year. Michigan is without their head coach for the remainder five games of their schedule. So right now, I do have both of those teams sitting at 11 seed. Will it stay that way? I don't think so. But that's where I have them at the moment. Now, staying at a 12 seed alone is the Memphis Tigers. Now, Memphis, this is, this is where really the teams are on the bubble here. I have Memphis as a 12 seed right now. They're not in a play-in game. And, you know, they started out really well at the beginning of the season, and they really started falling apart when it came to conference play. But they have started to revive themselves here. And right now, they're in a safe spot. And here's the thing. If Memphis can finish strong while Michigan or North Carolina falls apart, I think Memphis could move to an 11 seed. I really do. As long as they keep up their game in Michigan, in my opinion, I don't think Michigan will be able to keep the seed they have. I think they will fall either to a 12 seed or a play-in game, or they might not even be in the bracket at all. And that's where Memphis could take advantage by winning the rest of their games, or at least only losing one game, and moving up to an 11 seed. Now, my two play-in games are 12 seed games. We have San Francisco from the West Coast Conference, which is very interesting. The West Coast Conference usually only has uh, one or two teams showing out. Uh, we already have Gonzaga and St. Mary's in there. BYU is already in the next four out, so BYU will probably not make it unless something dramatic happens, which is very possible. There's still a couple games. There's still the conference tournaments happening, so that's very possible. Um, there might be three teams. There might be four teams from the West Coast Conference showing up in the big dance. However, I have San Francisco going up against San Diego State in a play-in game for the 12th seed. San Diego State has obviously seen better seasons, but they're also playing pretty well right now. Now in my other 12 seed game, we have the Indiana Hoosiers and the Creighton Blue Jays, both teams fighting in hard conferences, kind of stuck in the middle, trying to fight their way in. And I think that would be a really interesting play-in game. And I could think uh, either of those teams could knock off the five seed in the first round. 
Um, I love Mike Woodson. I thought that was a great hire for the Hoosiers, and it's obviously paid off this year. Greg McDermott, he's really put the team together when I really didn't think they were going to make March Madness this year. Now, talking about the one seeds I have, Gonzaga. Just like last year, Gonzaga is the top overall seed. The other top seeds, I actually have Arizona as the next top seed. A lot of people have Kansas. I think Arizona is a better basketball team than Kansas. That's just an opinion of mine, and that's why I have Arizona taking the next seed, and then Kansas, and then Auburn. I did kind of think, you know, maybe Purdue could go here, but then actually I was like, maybe Villanova. But I decided Auburn deserves the top, uh, the last top seed there. So that is kind of what I have in my bracketology at the moment. I will be posting the Beyond the Basket bracket on my Twitter page, at Brandon Muting. If you haven't already followed me, give that a follow and take a look at the bracket I made. I, I put quite a bit of time into it uh, the last couple days, uh, looking at some statistics and seeing where these teams could go in March. So... Without being said, this has been an amazing returning episode of Beyond the Basket. I am so glad I am able to do this again. And I will see you guys next Monday or Tuesday. Get your updates from my Twitter page, at Brandon Muting once again. And I will see you guys sooner rather than later.